0: i think the duffer brothers have a preference because many of these things have a gaping mouth filled with teeth
1: the demogorgon's mouth is is like a scary vagina
0: it's like that movie teeth yes and then nothing
1: happens hi there <laughs> hello <laughs> Hello, friends Hi, everyone. and enemies and, and
0: less those so who frenemies. will
1: soon come to love us. Yes. We are doing a podcast.
0: We are currently doing right now. one podcast right now.
1: Did I do it? Did I do did podcasting? We, did we do <laughs> podcasting? <laughs> uh and pop dna is the name of this podcast that's true forsooth and i feel like we we never i feel like we never say the name of Uh our podcast like at the beginning but like all the pod all like the big podcasts do that like they all have like right i think i think they all must have like Uh pre-recorded intros that just play at the very beginning and it says like I'm blah blah blah, and I'm blah blah, and this is and this is our this podcast thing. blah mm-hmm. blah. And then they have like a little like tagline about what their podcast is about.
0: Yeah, This I'm, is...
1: I'm, I'm I marvel at the <laughs> yeah at the foresight and planning that goes into it. This is Bob blah, blah blah's law blog. Okay, so that is us. This Hello. is
0: us, not the show. This, this is, is, is us. us. This not what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> That would be strange if I were talking about D&D and This Is Us, but... And This um, Is Us.
1: Is there, like, a... uh, I bet there's, like, a a TTRPG for This Is Us. Oh, gosh.
0: I hope so. I would hope so.
1: (laughs) I have never watched that show.
0: I watched the pilot, and I was just like, this is (laughs) a lot even for me. Like, (laughs) I usually (laughs) like some (laughs) drama, but... this is
1: this is a lot. Even isn't it for me. like? Isn't it like a show that like a lot of moms watch? Isn't that like? Mm-hmm. It's that's like it's brand, right? It's like the mom show. I
0: think so. Like- <laughs> but you know, full disclosure, I watched all of Parenthood. But I'm, yeah, I kind of feel like Parenthood and This Is Us could be the same thing. But I don't know why oh. I watched one oh, of them okay. and didn't watch the other. Yeah,
1: I could see that. I don't know. I feel like Parenthood was like it had like a little bit of an edge to it but i that i don't like I, no get, granted i've never watched this is us so i don't know that this is true but i don't feel like this is us has that okay. edge to it i i mean i don't know i've never watched it this is just yeah. my this is just my perception based on like commercials and stuff like it feels like it's very like, one-dimensional? I don't know. You know, that's
0: true, because, like, I only really watched Parenthood for Mae Whitman's character, because I just love oh, yeah. her. Um, and then I, everyone else kind of grew on me. Yeah, maybe they kind of explore a different... I don't know. Friends, if you've watched This Is Us and love it, tell us why. You
1: know what? it? You know what it feels like to me? Well. And again, I've <laughs> never watched the show. Sure. <laughs> But what it feels like to me is like if they took a Nicholas Sparks movie (laughs) and they were like, how can we turn this into a TV show by like, you know, expanding the plot and the characters, they would get This Is Us. A
0: million (laughs) persons. Yeah. Uh.
1: Anyway. (laughs) And at, one <laughs> point,
0: at one point they, like, age Mandy more up, like, a bunch. To... Oh, they they put
1: her, like, in age makeup because Which... it's, like, two separate timelines, right? Yeah. Like, this is all what I picked up from cultural osmosis and my mom talking about it because my mom watches it sure yeah hi mom um guess
0: that's that's maybe fodder for or like reason for me to watch it is seeing Jess Mariano in age makeup that would be funny to me well I
1: don't think you I don't think you do see him in age makeup they don't but he is her husband I think he because I think he dies before he gets that old oh (laughs) how do I know so much about the show I've never watched it (laughs)
0: Okay, so she, okay,
1: okay. Yeah anyway um we should just have a podcast (laughs) where we speculate on what happens we're just speculating about this is what if what if we started a podcast where we just speculate about shows that we've never seen it would be like spec script and except instead of writing a script we would just like try to guess things about it
0: i i really (laughs) love that and then you have to like because i bet you sometimes we've watched a lot of media in our lives and you are a professional
1: in media. And we I, could, like, tell from the trailer for something, what's like, happen? what the major plot beats are going to be. Right. Like, what the, yeah, like, what the character dynamics are going to be. <laughs> yeah, I bet we could totally do it. Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun.
0: Oh, that would be fun. Or maybe it's, like, a small, like, if on a week where we're less content heavy, we mm-hmm. can maybe, like, try one.
1: Wait, didn't we say we were going to do a Game of Thrones rewatch? Shoot podcast yeah
0: starting in january and here it is January. we did 20. say that we did say that
1: <laughs> i mean i don't know we'll see we just have lots of ideas we could talk about it yeah we could talk about it off the mic yeah. maybe we should actually talk about maybe we should actually talk things. about but first we have or to no talk- wait first we need to talk about your favorite topic what are we watching your favorite segment my
0: favorite segment
1: yeah yeah um, what are you watching erin well,
0: you know, I've really uh, journeyed back to Downton Abbey. I'm down a deep rabbit hole. I yeah, this show Find is... any dead bodies? Uh-huh. we found a dead Find
1: any any mud at the bottom of the pond? We found... Because that's where mud goes. <laughs> because
0: that's where mud goes. We we found we found a dead body. We mary and what's-his-face did all did matthew had their whole thing and now they're married and i'm almost, oh, so matthew
1: hasn't died yet
0: he hasn't passed away yet okay. um which
1: i thought happened a lot sooner because that's i mean it's like end of season three
0: i mm-hmm. think yeah and i think yeah. that's around where i stopped watching because i was just like well okay like i don't you just like
1: rage quit <laughs> I'm real, like i'm really
0: like it took Mary and Matthew that, like, long enough to get together, and then I just kind of uh-huh. wanted, you know, whatever.
1: I almost did that when Sybil died, which Same. is much earlier.
0: Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still so not over it. <laughs> I know. Like, I just watched... I Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, and then I also... Showed our good friend Nicole, my neighbor Totoro, last night. Aww. So we watched that and then also
1: um, Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. Nice. Just a Ghibli double feature. Yeah. What For about. Mi- Miyazaki double feature, even.
0: Just a, an all around good time.
1: Yeah. Um, Love
0: that. What about you, friend? What have you been watching?
1: Um, well, I. Um still in my office rewatch. Lovely. That show went on a very long time, it so did. it takes a while. Um <laughs> yeah, still in my office rewatch. I also um just started rewatching Severance today uh-huh. because uh because like my Peacock app on my Roku, like was freaking out, and it oh. like wouldn't let me go. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, the Severance is kind of like The Office, like <laughs> sure, it's you know, like they're both like you know terrible workplaces, sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're both like uh, the anti-work subreddit, like yeah, the, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and what else?" Uh, I feel like there's something else that is not, oh, you know what? I watched the, I wasn't sure if I was going, like, if I wanted, was going to or not, but I went ahead and watched the premiere of The Last of Us on HBO. I want to watch that. You should, are you, like, familiar with the game at all?
0: I've watched, like, one playthrough of it, but not really.
1: Yeah, I, like, have no knowledge of the game at all, but I just really love, like, zombie... Totally. And, like, post-apocalyptic stories, so I was, like, yeah, so, but, like, I was kind of nervous about watching it because I was, like, am I gonna need to know anything about the game? Sure. But I just watched it anyway, but, yeah, it's it's really good. It looks (laughs)
0: really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you should watch it.
0: Because that game was a really big game. I feel like it... It won, like, best of the year it came out, mm-hmm. or it won, like, best, most anticipated. Like, people were, it, it was in the running for most played on Twitch. Like, it was just a really big deal.
1: Yeah, even I heard of it, and I don't play <laughs> video games. Yeah, so. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you should watch that. And it's just one episode a week, so it's oh, not fun. like you have to, it's not like an overwhelming... At least at this point. (laughs) Right. It's not like an overwhelming block of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: Like many of the other things you and I have talked about in recent weeks that are just like so many episodes yes yeah.
1: yeah oh my gosh <laughs> like downton abbey so long <laughs>
0: and the office yeah yeah at least with the office the episodes are like 25 minutes sometimes yeah, with downton weird. i'm like okay can we edit some of <laughs> <her notes?
1: laughs> let's let's hurry this along let's, Come on. <laughs> let's hurry this slow
0: fade to her shocked face like right. <laughs> we're done right now <laughs>
1: And, like, the smug look on the face of, like, whatever servant has just double-crossed them. Barrow! (laughs) Yeah, really. Oh, my God. Oh, Downton Abbey, I love you. The whole
0: Tom Barrow thing, and then suddenly everyone's, like, actually being really problematic towards him because he's gay, so, like, you've hated him Uh the whole time, but then you have to really shift real quick because it's actually really not okay, the things that are said about him. (sighs) Right.
1: Just exhausting. But then he also, it's so funny, he does like a total 180 in like audience sympathy, right? Because he's like a villain at the beginning. And then by the end, you're like rooting for. Yeah. And like in this like kind of a spoiler here, but like in the second movie, you're like rooting for him to get like a happily ever after kind of like ending. Like, wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. I hated this man. (laughs) This redemption arc.
0: And, you know, I do miss the days, like the early season one, where it was Barrow and Miss O'Brien just being yes. awful. I loved them together. That as was like,
1: so great. Just that like the like... two
0: worst people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like glee. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yes. I just watched the Office episode with the glee watch party. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where Kevin's like, I wanted to eat pigs in a blanket in a blanket.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. Life
1: goals, Kevin. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's what we're watching. That's what we're watching. That's what we're watching right now. Hey. (laughs) Uh, I hope you liked that. I hope you enjoyed what we've been watching. I hope you... (laughs) That was a great segment, Aaron.
0: He, yeah, Good I job. really prowess High five. Both <laughs> of us. Yeah. Um I hope as we were talking you shouted at the podcatcher of your choice what you've been watching. Just I like, hope you did. Yeah, while we were talking.
1: Yeah. Um, because like we never you guys you never reach out to us. You don't. You've never <laughs> sent us a letter. You never sent us a letter. Or a telegram? Yeah, where's the telegrams? Where is the? Where are the telegrams? Are those even? I think they're probably still a thing, but I don't know sure. if it's like it's like the Pony Express. Oh, is right. that still? Is that still a thing? Um, I don't were think telegrams so. just
0: delivered to people? How did that work?
1: It was like so. The telegrams were like. It would go from one telegram office to another, like over the wires, right? Oh, but then so that was like how it got like between cities or whatever. Uh-huh. But then, like the telegram still had to be delivered from the telegram office to the person. So, would they like transcribe that was it
0: and it. then like send it? No,
1: it was like a telegram is like a message that goes like through wires. That's like what Morse code is used for. But how did you? It's get like the... tapped. Like, it's if like you're just at home. A wire, so, someone would deliver it to you. Interesting. So, like, <laughs> do you not know how telegrams work? <laughs> I really don't, I don't think. <laughs> Okay, so if you want to send a telegram, what you do is you go to, you like write out your message, uh-huh. you go to the telegram office and you give it to like the operator. Yeah. And then who's a person who is like trained in Morse code and like how to send these. That's cool. So and so cool. they tap out, they tap out your message in Morse code and it's transferred via wires to a telegram office, you know, wherever you say it needs to go. Yeah. And then that office receives it. The person, like, on the other end receives it and they write out the message. They, like, transcribe it. Mm -hmm. And then that telegram, like, that message is then taken from that office and delivered to the person. Okay. (laughs) So today on Telegrams with Rhonda. On Telegrams um, with Rhonda. (laughs) i could i could start a podcast where i just like explain how historical things work yeah
0: (laughs) and you could have like different people on every week who like didn't know like (laughs) could like in like vulnerability they could just say ronda you know i just i don't understand what this is and then you would have to tell them
1: or you know what I think some people even had like their own telegram thing in their house. Okay. Like their own But if you were machine like... and it would have to be like connected to the wires and whatever so that it would
0: yeah. But you'd probably have to be pretty affluent for that, right? Or do you think it probably, was Probably. Like, yeah. Mass market?
1: Well, I mean, just like most new technology, it was like yeah. more expensive when it was new. Yeah. But as time went on, and new developments were made that could make it more affordable, then, like, more and more people could afford it. But one of the
0: best episodes, yeah. <laughs> of, or one of the best scenes in Downton is when uh, Maggie Smith is making her first phone call. It's pretty great. She's like, <gasps> Yes. Yelling.
1: So, should we do we like not want to talk about Stranger Things? Is that what's going on is right, now? What's happening right now? it's that what's happening? um (laughs) i mean i would be totally fine with not ever talking about stranger things and we could just (laughs) i think we just pivoted (laughs) i think so we (laughs) you know how i feel about this show
0: i know how you feel about this show i feel like sometimes when i talk about monsters i just like it's more fun if you like go look at it but I do want to hear what you have to say about <laughs> nostalgia, though.
1: You know. Yeah, and and for a lot of my of like what I have planned and like my talking points, I'm 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 like ripping into Stranger Things pretty hard. Love it. <laughs> so, so I guess we could continue. Yeah. But uh, did you want to tell me? about demogorgons. I sh- I sure do. I'll make it
0: Yeah, I'll make it worth your while. I'll make it fun. Yes. Um cuz this
1: is a I've got my boba.
0: Oh, I got instant boba from Trader Joe's. Mm. And it was really good. It worked? Yeah. You heated it up. I just
1: burped. It was like a boba burp.
0: Nice. <laughs> You, like, heat up the jelly in a packet, and then Uh you pour it in, and then you, like, put some tea and maybe a little bit of milk in there, yeah.
1: Was it as good as, like, if you get it at a boba place? No, it wasn't nearly as
0: good, but if you ever just, like... like is it,
1: like, it's, like, dehydrated? uh...
0: No, it's jelly. It's, like, you have to put it in your, um, you have to freeze it
1: oh okay so
0: it's like it's good it's just not i mean it's not the real thing but it's very good sure, if you yeah. like wanna if you're having guests over i don't know why you would buy this but it's it's good like always get the real thing for sure an but...
1: approximation
0: of... yeah yeah <laughs> okay um but anyway so Demogorgons.
1: i really like the the boba ice cream bars We <gasps> had those no so good There's a you can get them at well for for the for the longest time. Um, like I could only ever find them at H Mart, but I think I saw them at like Safeway the other day, so I don't know. They might be getting they might be getting into mainstream.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a black tea and boba ice cream at Trader Joe's that I'm gonna try Mm. that looks amazing.
1: Um, yeah, all right. Sorry. No. We keep getting off topic. No, I love it. So Demogorgons. I really really do want to hear about Demogorgons.
0: So I just went through and picked out, so listeners, you might remember that I was going to go through like D&D monsters and their origins. And then next week I was going to go over like how the magic and sci-fi of Stranger Things worked. And then um, in further researching, it turned out that they're one in the same. So I just picked out a few <laughs> of the most interesting... So did they
1: literally just, like... They literally just, like, copied and pasted D&D stuff into Stranger Things?
0: It would seem. Is that what they did? <laughs> it would seem. Yes. It, mm-hmm.
1: I feel so validated right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold for applause. It's a t- yes. <laughs> And then Go on. No, and then some some parts of the show is it's like there's that one episode where it's just a one-off and like the characters never have really anything to do with anyone ever again and it just feels kind of uh-huh. weird. Anyway, yeah, so Demogorgons. The Demogorgon I'm gonna just go off my notes. I feel like because I can explain this better. I went to the wiki, but the Demogorgon mm. is the thing that looks like its face is a flower, and it's the monster for oh, season okay. one. The thing where like it looks like a really evil flower. Like if you were watching, it's like a,
1: like uh, like its mouth opens up into like petals. Uh huh. That... Okay.
0: If you were watching, like, a really high-budget little shop of horrors, I feel Mm. like this is pretty similar. Um, Okay. But my favorite part of the Demogorgon is in that later season where Dustin finds a baby one and, like, takes care of it. (laughs) (laughs) In my mind, Dustin can do no wrong. I really do love (laughs) um, his performance in it. I think he's wonderful. But when he takes... (laughs) Like he bring, when when the show starts to lag a little bit watch for Dustin cuz he's pretty freaking <laughs> funny like and when he start when he finds a little baby demogorgon and starts to take care of it like gold give me more of that give me more full <laughs> episodes that are just that yeah so Just
1: Dustin raising baby D and D monsters.
0: Um, yeah, I would watch every single episode of that. That sounds amazing. Um,
1: that does sound good. The It'd be, be like Gremlins, but like oh yeah, <laughs> or
0: a remake of Gremlins with Dustin. I mean, yeah, oh that would, yeah, mm-hmm. that would work. So, yeah. so we got a baby Demogorgon in here. And then it also, like, is the reason Barb dies and Will gets taken for the first time. Then this next one. Poor Barb. I know. She really got a rough go of it. She really did. Like, first, Nancy is being kind of awful to her. and like Nancy's terrible. Nancy's just <laughs> kind of, like, being a frenemy. She's that girl in high school where you guys were really close. And then in high school, she gets all popular and you're left sitting there like, Okay, <laughs> I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm just here now, except <laughs> Barb also dies, um, which yeah. is great. This next kind of monster I had for us is a is a monster that they only like encounter through playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I really liked mm-hmm. the way it was described. So this is called a Thessal Hydra. Hmm. And they have large reptilian bodies with like a long tail. Um, and then they have pinch- pincers and like no real head. Right.
1: They have like eight Hydra like hydra-like heads. Like the Hydra mm-hmm. in Greek mythology. Okay. Yeah. It
0: also, the, like many things, um, I think the Duffer brothers have a preference because many of these things have a gaping mouth filled with teeth. So that's like a through line. I <laughs> think frightening. Yeah, like the Demogorgon kind of has that a little bit. The Thessal Hydra yeah. has that. You know,
1: the Demogorgon's mouth is is like a scary vagina. It's like that movie right? teeth. Like
0: yeah. Yes. Oh. Totally. Oh. I'm not going to define what teeth is if you want to go look it up again, <laughs> oh but like it's <laughs> it's a lot.
1: Uh. I've never watched it, but I love <laughs> the the premise, I truly, I'm like yes, yeah, yes, queen,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: girl boss. If
0: you um. had a strange week, go ahead and give it a look because <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, um, <laughs> another main component of the Thessal hydra was that it um, has acidic saliva, so that's pretty cool. Oh, Nice.
1: So I have a question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as our resident monster expert, hello. Um, <laughs> um, are are like the D? Are the monsters in D at all inspired by like Lovecraft monsters?
0: They have a wide range of influence across many different countries and cultural mythologies, um, and certainly Lovecraftian. I think would probably go in there as well.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Like they pull, um, they pull pretty much from mythology across the the globe, uh-huh. which is kind of cool. Um,
1: okay,
0: yeah, and definitely, like we have some creatures that are more liquid than, um, uh huh, than more anything like else, gelatinous.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is definitely such a Lovecraftian <laughs> which is, thing. That would be Lovecraftian. Yeah,
0: and also, you know, just as like a side note. Depending on the Dungeon Master, they might run like a Lovecraftian game where the sure. monster is more yeah. off in the shadows instead of really like their present. And friends, this is when it gets really lazy. Um, <laughs> is that so Vecna and Mind Flayer are kind of fused into one. Um, so the next two that I was going to talk about were Vecna and the Mind Flayer. But in D&D, it's really fused into um, one character. So there's this character. Um, why do I want to call him Harvey? I believe his name is Harry. <laughs> uh, Harry.
1: Um,
0: yes. Henry. Harry it's neither one. It's Henry. And so. It's not Harry Butts? No, it's Henry. Well, yeah. you know,
1: Harry is a nickname for Henry. So so
0: we can call him we Harry. We can call
1: him Harry. And you can Harry call Betts. me Al. Uh, Harry Butts it is. Harry Butts. Oh, no. My sense of humor has devolved to that of a 10-year-old.
0: I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) The lead actor in in the original Broadway cast of Wicked was named uh, Norbert Leo Butts, and I'm still laughing about it. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Norbert (laughs) Butts.
0: No, I'm Norby (laughs) Butts.
1: I went to high school with a boy whose last name was Hurlbutt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Yikes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Henry. Um, Harry Butts. <laughs> Henry Harold Butts. Um, for anyone who hasn't caught up or, like, might not know. Henry is another character who grew up like L where he like, they saw that he had powers and they mistreated him. And then he was basically just, you know, abused the same way that L was. And um, he turns into Vecna and the mind flayer. So he uses his mind, uh, his powers to become kind of a mix between what you would see in D and D as the mind flayer or as Vecna. So, the you know, remember the big um, kind of spider looking thing that took over Hawkins? It was the main b- villain for like seasons two and three, I think.
1: No, I haven't watched seasons two and three. So, so.
0: if you if you visit the <laughs> I up- watched,
1: well, I watched halfway through season two.
0: So one of the last shots, I think, in season two, you visit, you go back to the upside down, um, and you see that the entire world of Hawkins. Is kind of being puppeted and manipulated by a gigantic spider-looking thing, and that huh. is the mind flayer. Hmm. And the fear mi- is the mind killer. Ex- exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you excited for Dune two?
0: Oh gosh,
1: it's coming. It's, it's coming. <laughs> coming. Yeah.
0: Oh dear. Um, <laughs> so they basically. <laughs> like they basically took the spider like thing of the mind flayer and used that to make the hive mind that we see in stranger things where everyone where like will when he's in the under in the um upside down and anyone who they find in the upside down is kind of in this like gelatinous hive through which the mind flayer has kind of like Weaved everyone together and also made them sickly and it's there, it's through their mind that the mind flayer gets from the upside down into the real world and can start causing havoc. Mm. So that's pretty much the whole thing of how everything works. But then they call it Vecna, which that's just a character in D D who uses mind manipulation. So like hmm. they kind of took one thing and then called it another thing. That's kind of the same. They say is kind of the same thing, but it's really two different things. If you were mm-hmm. playing them, um, it was a little confusing. Yeah. And finally, my final note here was just that this, I'm going to go into more detail with this last, um, last little piece next week, but there's also a character called the proud princess. Um, Who's an almost invincible spider? Or spider, goodness. Almost invincible <laughs> fighter.
1: So it's Buffy Summers.
0: Exactly. And it's, I still need to do more research. Whoa. But,
1: yeah. Stranger Things is Buffy.
0: Except. So
1: they just copied Buffy. They just copied,
0: copied a lot of things.
1: Yeah. Anyway. They
0: kind of just like. It's copied like a places. less
1: good Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. With no vampires.
0: With, with no vampires.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, are there vampires? No. I don't
0: know. They there could okay. be. We could have just not seen them. Yeah,
1: why aren't there vampires? Why aren't there vampires? There should be. There should, there
0: should be, be, vampires. be the vampires. Yeah. Um okay. <laughs> I was just really curious for how D&D talks about women. Um and so I went into it, like I thought I found this stuff about the proud princess and for next week, um I found this article like five minutes well I guess we've been recording like 40 minutes ago I found an article called <laughs> um, misogyny and the female body in D d so I'm really excited Ooh. to like delve into that
1: have you have you seen the movie the Princess no on Hulu
0: starring
1: no. Joey King I think oh I like her though so it's like so like she's a princess and she's also a fighter and she has to like fight her way down the levels of a tower so it's kind of like structured like a video game oh that's she like fun. goes to these different levels and like has to fight and like escape from the tower
0: that sounds yeah. like something i would enjoy
1: yeah you should watch it i should watch that <laughs> so i would like to talk about stranger things and the politics of nostalgia yeah or nostalgic politics or nostalgia about politics, or, or the
0: last battle,
1: the last battle. Yes, we're at <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia. So, <laughs> so I think that like a huge part of the appeal of Stranger Things for a big chunk of the audience is the nostalgia factor, totally. right? Uh, like we talked about this last week like it's very much a gimmick i think that it's like it's the 1980s and like here's all this 80s stuff yeah and like like in a certain way that that like that like might work for a lot of people that like that feels you know that feels comforting or that feels like feels like a good memory that people want to return to and so you know, I'm just a little uh, a, a little bit of a nerd. So I looked up the like official definition for nostalgia. Interesting. And what is it? Yeah. And what I found is um, nostalgia is a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. So it's very much... There has to be a sense of, like, romanticization of the past for nostalgia to really be present, right? Right. Um, so you have to, like, look back on this past era with only, like, affection and only remembering the good parts. Yeah. Not the bad parts for nostalgia to really be in effect. So... I I, uh, I was reminded of the part in Parks and Rec when Tom has to redesign the department logo. Yeah, and <laughs> and so I think at some point, um, Chris is like, Or, or Tom is like, so basically, you just want me to choose a new font. (laughs) And Chris is like, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, But then he like ends up, you know, having like this whole redesign thing where like they go back to like the logo from the 1970s. And he's like, we can have like limited edition hats and shirts. And, and parents will, you know, get caught up in the nostalgia and they'll want to return to the parks. And I think that that's like, so on a bigger scale, that is what Stranger Things is doing with its use of nostalgia, yeah. is it's drawing people in with a glimpse at like the fond memories of a past era. So I found this really great article when I was researching this in Fast Company that talks specifically about this use of the past as a marketing Tactic, which is what Tom is doing in Parks and Rec, and is what the entire show of Stranger Things is doing. So this is called retro marketing. So it's defined as the relaunch or revival of a product or service from a historical period, which marketers usually update to ultra-modern standards of functioning, performance, or taste. Um, I work in marketing, so I, of course, know all about this. Yeah. Wink. Um, So... (laughs) Basically, it's, like, developing a product or and or service that features a new theme on an old idea. Right. So, like, when Polaroid cameras became cool again, I think yeah. that, <laughs> like, that's a good example of this, that, like... You know, like it's the nostalgia for the old Polaroid cameras, but the new ones work way better and faster yeah. and they have a sleeker design. Like that's kind, that's sort of like one way that this retro marketing kind of works. Um, I think another another example would be like, I think Coca-Cola does this a lot. Yeah. Um, so like Coca-Cola kind of has like several like iconic commercials from you know like decades ago like they have the um i'd like to give the world a coke absolutely like a choir singing like from the 1970s and then there's like the christmas polar bear commercials so i think that like coke definitely like reuses those things um like they're like self-referential at this point um (laughs) So <laughs> it is, um, but I mean, that's basically what like this whole concept of retro marketing is. It's like a self-referential uh, using nostalgia to kind of remarket themselves to, you know, long-standing customers, basically. So the, in this article, it gets into retro marketing, but then it also talks about like, this this idea of the feeling of, like, pseudo-nostalgia, which is really, this is, like, super interesting. So, um, this says, we call it pseudo-nostalgia because younger consumers of these revived products and services have never experienced the original. Right. So, yeah. So, like, a person who's, you know like maybe even someone our age but definitely someone a little bit younger than us probably never used an original polaroid camera right. but but we know what they are right yeah mostly because of the outcast song uh, but um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so uh this article points out that gen z so like people who were born in like the late 1990s um and even into like the early 2010s they will not have been there for things that were popular in the 80s. So this says, like, in fact, they are buying retro-tastic products and services (laughs) that sometimes have little relation to the 1980s reality whatsoever. Right. Um, So, because, of course, Gen Z can't actually be nostalgic for the 80s. Um, Yeah. Right? Well. Um, So, yeah,
0: go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say that reminds me of something that happened yesterday with a colleague. They came in wearing oh. a Reptar shirt from the 90s. And I said, oh, my gosh, Reptar. I love Reptar. And she was like, oh, oh, he has a name. Oh, I just thought he was like a cool, like, what's this from? And I was like, oh. And then I just, <laughs> I was like, no, that's okay. And I told her a little bit, but it was, it was kind of made me think of this yeah
1: yeah for sure and like i think that's a good like did so like she didn't know what it was from though no did she know that it was from the 90s or
0: yes i think that was the point was okay. that it was from the 90s okay. yeah
1: yeah gotcha <laughs> um <laughs> but i mean they're like i mean this happens with like older generations too like yeah. We we spent like ten minutes talking about Downton Abbey. Like, there's of course, <laughs> like you can be like, it's it's not true nostalgia, but we can be kind of nostalgic for like older times, like that, especially with a show like Downton Abbey that paints this very rosy picture of course of the past. Yeah, right when you know we know that you know n- nothing was all rainbows and sunshine no. for yeah. So this article goes on. Um, As young consumers become pseudo-nostalgic for the 1980s, they look to evoke that decade through uh, what this calls compensatory reconsumption. So they immerse themselves in 80s pop culture to cope with their wistful affection and sentimental longing for this period of the past. So remember that, like the definition of the nos- of nostalgia was. Sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past. Yeah. um, Which you can have even if you don't actually remember that past. Sure. So um, consuming 1980s-esque products and services allows them to pretend they were really a part of that historical period. And for fans of Stranger Things, buying retro static products and services helps them go to the 1980s in their mind's eye and empathize with their beloved characters. I think that's like a really. I wish I, that I had like done a little bit more research into like if there was a rise in popularity of like 1980s aesthetic with yeah. the rise in popularity of Stranger Things. you um, can look it up for next week. We yeah, and like yeah. I feel like there probably was like it's I think similar to was. like the Bridgerton effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Bridgerton and Regency Core. Totally. Um, but it's, like, 80s core. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. so that's sort of, like, the, the underlying idea behind why, like, at least from, like, the nostalgia angle, why this show is so appealing. But as I alluded to, like, nostalgia always paints a very rosy picture, and it can be dangerous to only see the past through that lens of course um, so i uh this is another article that i found in my research this and this one is by um aaron giovanni i thought it was giovanni but it looks like it's giovanni maybe um for salon.com and uh this author is a professor at mount royal university so like you know knows what he's talking about here yeah um so this um goes into a particular episode in season two that is like at least as far as i understand it um is like one of the rare occasions when the show actually like acknowledges any kind of like political realities yeah um uh, and I mean, you can speak to this more than I can, but um, from my understanding, like, most of the time the show just kind of ignores what the what the reality would have been like at the time for, you know, like for people of color or for queer people. Yeah. Would you say that's accurate?
0: Yeah, I would say it kind of exists in a like attempts to exist in a vacuum for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in this article, so the author points out like Stranger Things clearly stands against, like, prejudice and racism in principle, but um, they want to look deeper into, like, its fuller political vision. The author also points out that, like, the show's creators have invited a political reading of the show, which I don't have that to quote. I'm just trusting what this author says. Um, I don't know if you could speak to that. I don't know much. No. Okay. Okay. Um, but anyway, so um, so this talks about a particular episode in season two, um, The Lost Sister. So in this episode, Eleven goes to Chicago, and this is also like, at least based on this description, it's also very much leaning into that 1980s aesthetic nostalgia, because you see like Chicago of the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in Chicago, Eleven meets a young South Asian woman named Kali. Yes. Um, who And they figure out that they are both from the same lab and they both yeah. have these supernatural powers. And they were both, you know, victims of like this experiment. Yeah. And it turns out that Kali is the leader of like a group of like like a ragtag band of misfits yeah. um, who are like seeking revenge against this against you know the lab and like whoever was doing the experiments and yeah. they um and so like this group like they don't uh they don't shy away from like doing violence when necessary uh uh-huh. uh and they you know are like always running away from the police and so Kali teaches Eleven how to like how to use her powers a little more effectively. And then Eleven eventually uses those powers to defeat what this article calls the Trumpian, <laughs> shadow monster. Um uh, and then it, it says Kali even gives Elle a feminist makeover, <laughs> a yeah. poxy-shouldered blazer and slicked back hair.
0: Well that's the episode I had I had mentioned. Um As kind of a frustrating one-off, because we never really get to
1: go back Mm. there. Right,
0: yeah. That story never gets continued, and it's really frustrating. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, But I think this is an important part, um, or an important thing that the article points out. So after learning um, Kali's power and adopting her style, Elle rejects Kali herself. Yeah, put off by her propensity to violence. She foils Collie's attempt to kill their former prison guard and soon returns to Hawkins to, re- to reunite with Sheriff Hopper. It's hard not to read this as the rejection of what the show considers the unreasonable violence of people of color. Yeah. Which I think that's, and it's also, like, as the article goes on to point out, it's also kind of, like, tacit approval of, like, law enforcement like in general yeah you know which you know like is very common in popular media like because you know police departments are like sponsors for like (laughs) especially like like, the
0: kids kill people all the time Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: what yeah totally um this article quotes um When Kali says, your policeman tries to stop you from using your gifts. And also notes that, like, Eleven agrees, but she ultimately still chooses the side of the police. Yeah.
0: And, you know, you're left at the end of that episode. And then you just go back to Hawkins. And it it feels uncomfortable.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It feels very yeah it's uh, it's exactly what this article is saying it's yeah yeah
1: it's propaganda. yeah <laughs> yeah so many things are and you don't even realize it until like yeah <laughs> <sighs> yes so there is one more episode that again another episode that i have not seen <laughs> but um but an episode that um that I um, wanted to highlight that I read from this article, and oh, Erin, you'll love this. It's from the DailyCalifornian.org. Hey, yeah, um, but it's <laughs> but that's uh that's headquartered in Berkeley, California, which is the course it is. Bay Area. So that's of course not it is. so that's not like where you're from, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's where Parenthood takes place, isn't Holy it? Is it Berkeley? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this article is um, is also looking a little deeper into like the political messaging in one particular episode, or actually, I guess, like m- kind of more generally in season three is what is what it's looking at. So this notes that season three you have the appearance of the Starcourt Mall. Yes. So
0: i I think I know the arc you're talking about,
1: yeah, okay. So they're highlighting themes of like commercialization and uh-huh. consumerism. And um, there's also kind of this parallel, um, like red scare thing about yeah. like communism and yeah. Russia. Yeah. so uh, this article notes in both cases, these are themes that can be tied back to the present day. Um, So we have online consumerism, which is like considered, you know, like what's putting small businesses out of business. And then like Russia is still (laughs) like Russia is still like terrorizing the world. Uh Um, (laughs) So but this article also notes like there's like this season of Stranger Things in particular still seems to glorify capitalism and consumerism of the 1980s. And reinforces, like, the kind of more, like, petty us versus them United States versus Russia rivalry, like, without any real substance to it. Sure. Right? So this says the mall is painted as a glossy, vibrant haven for teenagers <laughs> and families. Yeah. While the store that the character of Joyce works at is left in the dust. Joyce! Joyce! <laughs> To serve as a backdrop for Jim Hopper and his failed attempts at flirtation. Yeah. Um, And um, this is also something that, so I think I mentioned this video essay last week, Stranger Things and the Danger of Nostalgia by James Summerton. So this is something that he talks about a little bit as well, that like this sort of conflict or this possible, like possibly, anti-consumerist message is introduced at the beginning of season three, but then it's never really followed through with. Like you never really, like it never really says anything definitive, but the article goes on. um, Although avoiding the theme of the cold war in a show set in the 1980s would be nearly impossible. The approach toward this issue had ample room to be more nuanced. Yeah. Um, And the opportunity to expand further on the endangerment of small businesses was a theme that was hinted at, but never totally developed. And the mall ended up being just another shiny new setting to spice up the series. Yeah. So, like, oh, oh, by the way, like, definitely go read all of these articles.
0: I mean, for that matter, a Russian prison also becomes a shiny new location once Hopper gets imprisoned.
1: Right. Like, it's not saying anything about it, right? It's not commenting on... No. It's just, yeah, using it.
0: There's a whole whatever. plot where, like, Hopper's in a Russian prison, and it just feels like mm-hmm. nothing even happens. Yeah. It just, like, like, the details are either so complicated that, like, I'm not even paying attention anymore, mm. or, like... This isn't really what I'm here to watch. I don't it just yeah. the whole thing kind of loses its its little edge there. Like
1: the whole plot line in Downton Abbey with <laughs> with Mr. Bates's trial.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um yeah. Which I like, um, super
0: cared about at first and then I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> right. <fine."
1: laughs> yeah, so I think like I don't think that every single piece of media has to make a statement or has to have a message. Or has to, you know, make a, you know, have, like, some kind of political statement that it makes. Like, I think that there can be media that is just entertainment for entertainment's sake, right? Like, there's yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. But I think that the issue here is that Stranger Things introduced these ideas, yeah, right? Like, it yeah. introduced this possibility of you know, making a commentary on consumerism and capitalism. But then it never followed through on that. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction that, like, it's, it's not an, it's, you know, like, it's not a problem, like, at least for me personally, it's not a problem that it doesn't make a statement. It's a problem that it introduced this mm-hmm. issue, but then didn't follow through. So...
0: I think it's also an issue that it doesn't see the themes that it is supporting. Like when you talked about right. um, yeah. the the choice that Elle makes to follow Hopper, mm-hmm. that is making a a choice in your media. Yes, and in that case, you you do need to you know, like if you if you see that you have written that story, mm-hmm. then you really can't just leave it. You know, it's it becomes yeah. like yeah pretty dangerous and toxic
1: yeah well and it's like like the the salon article um, phrased it as an uncomplicated validation of law enforcement so it's like it's you know like it's introducing this idea you know like it introduces um this character who's a woman of color who is Trying to fight her oppressors. Yeah. And you would think like, yes, we're definitely on her side. Yeah. And then the show is just like, no, actually the police are are good guys. And it doesn't like (laughs) Actually, we're not on her side.
0: And we're also gonna silence her because in the next episode she's not even in it anymore. Right. Like, okay. I I mean
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hate the show yet?
0: Um (laughs) I'm remembering. See, talking about nostalgia, like, Uh I'm remembering all of these things that are really toxic. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, when I was kind of first, um, like, planning out or, you know, like, researching and figuring out, like, what direction I wanted to go with this idea, I was making this list of, like, other Depictions of the 1980s that, oh, cool. um and in particular ones that I felt were like approached nostalgia in an in an interesting way. So, like the first one I thought of was Freaks and Geeks. Yes, Did you, have you watched? That I watched show? that
0: whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, it's,
1: it's not very long because it you know was canceled after like 12 episodes. I or whatever. know. Yeah, but like it's. I feel like Freaks and Geeks has a very like has a very grounded approach to the 1980s and this is like confirmed by my parents who also love the show and you know were actually like alive they were like young adults in the 1980s yeah they remember it um (laughs) totally but like i don't know i think it kind of does a similar thing that i kind of pointed out in stranger things where it'll it'll kind of like showcase like something that's particular to the 1980s and be like, Hey, look at this thing. It's the eighties. <laughs> like, yeah. But I don't know. I feel like it, I don't know. It, it somehow works better in freaks and geeks. And I, I don't exactly know why, but I have to yeah. rewatch it, but
0: I think that that kind of honest conversation happens with the relationships more Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering like it's a pretty raw account of how it feels to be growing up and to be yeah you know to use our word from last week to be cringy to be like (laughs) like you're it's it's not always on the side of the misfit yeah but it's also not it's not sometimes it feels like it's not on anyone's side I'm just talking because I can't remember the show that well but that's the like Uh
1: memory I have of it and then, like, the one other work that I was, like, really, was, like, really in my mind was Wonder Woman 1984, because, oh. particularly because the the opening scene, so not, like, the flashback scene where she's a little girl on the mascara, but the opening scene where, like, she, like, saves a little girl in a mall, am I, like, I don't... Like I, I think there was something else going on too. I've only seen the movie once and that was Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to watch it again, unfortunately. Yeah. Um but like that that opening scene in the mall I felt like was doing like I think because I was just reading about like the mall and stranger things and how like it was like a shiny new setting. I feel yeah. like I feel like Wonder Woman maybe kind of did the same thing. Like it was, I don't know. It, yeah, because it was very like it. Like if I'm remembering the scene correctly, there's like bright colors and like, yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Mm-mm. I feel like we talked about it because everyone I spoke we to were. was like,
0: "Ugh, whatever." And so I oh. never like, you know me. It's Did you and enough. I not talk about it? I think, I think <laughs> it came up in a best of. Or uh, things we were excited for. Oh,
1: I think, yes, we talked about it in our, like, in our Wonder Woman episode about, like, the first Wonder Woman. Yes. And then I think I did, I must have talked about it in, like, our, did we do a Best of 2020? Or, no, we did, like, the 2020 Movie Awards or something. Yes. And I said that, like, that was one of my most disappointed or disappointing things
0: you know enough people told me that and so i just never watched. it it's hard enough for me to watch a tv show that's new to me let alone a movie i'm gonna fall asleep right away so
1: yeah i i would recommend that you just watch the opening flashback scene okay of the mascara because it's that's honestly the best part of the movie it just goes downhill from there oh man okay yeah i'll watch that (laughs) Although, I mean, actually, Kristen Wig is kind of fun to watch.
0: Okay, I forgot she was in it.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Um, the- yeah. <laughs> okay, and then one more thing, uh, one more work that I also have not seen, but I think is relevant, is It. Especially It <gasps> yes. Part 1, like the more recent movie. Yeah. Um like I feel like that's a very similar yeah. like story wise, like the structure is very similar to Stranger Things, and it probably even like influenced Stranger Things, sure. like the the book and the oh, like the older like nineties movie. Absolutely, probably. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was just just something that I was thinking about.
0: yeah Yeah. well i also think about like the remake of child's play with aubrey plaza Mm -hmm. the remake of the jason movies with what's his face from superstore wait what there was a very shiny remake of friday the 13th that flopped because it's entirely nostalgia it is when was this oh gosh 2018 2017 oh okay Um, and the guy who plays jonah a while ago in Superstore. What? <laughs> is like I think the first of the fornicating teenagers to die oh or something. Gosh. Um oh, that's but it's the shine it's exactly what we're talking about. It is the shiniest like imagine Friday the thirteenth and all of the horror and all of the suspense is removed and it's just a nostalgia piece. <laughs> from uh-huh. top to bot. Like it's just it doesn't even have, like, a new storyline or anything. It's literally just a mm. one-to-one, like, remake.
1: Is it just a remake?
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's okay. one-to-one, but it's it's very much just a remake.
1: Or a reboot. That perhaps. is shiny
0: as heck and removes, like, all... Like, I watched it as as I would watch, like, one of those lo-fi chill beat videos on YouTube uh-huh. where you just want to, like, chill out. It's the same kind of uh-huh. thing.
1: Oh, it, okay. Okay. yeah that's that's an interesting way to describe it
0: (laughs) it really was that for me all you know to be honest all of these like reboots of horror movies feel that way to me because they're Mm -hmm. i don't know that they know how to establish stakes or maybe maybe Uh it's that we know the secret and that's why we're there and so they're not really going in with any chips in their hand you know
1: um oh man now i want some chips
0: I, oh my god I wish I had chips in my hand um, <laughs> I wish I
1: had chips in my hand right now
0: <laughs> but I think that's the danger of a horror movie remake is that they've already shown their hand they already we know the yeah. thing and they either have to do it new and interesting or like don't do it
1: yeah let's get some original horror yeah. movies
0: please. please we still
1: need to go see Megan oh <gasps>
0: We do. We absolutely do. We have
1: to go see that.
0: <sighs> we gotta go.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. Um oh, man. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, so that is that. And that's my story. And we're sticking to it. We're
0: sticking to it like we're gymnasts.
1: Stick it. <laughs> Remember that movie, Stick
0: It? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that's what you were going for, obviously. Yeah. For a gymnast um <laughs> oh god yeah yes so that is all for now uh can i admit to you Rhonda, that i think the
0: word gymnastics is obnoxious
1: is every time someone says yeah.
0: gymnastics i'm like calm down
1: gymnastics i hmm.
0: <laughs> i do gymnastics like okay i don't know that's my friday night <laughs> thought for you I like it. Do words ever make you... Like, not for their meaning, but how they sound. Do words ever make you, like, annoyed?
1: Yeah. Or, like, when you repeat a word <laughs> so many times that it loses its meaning. Uh-huh. Like, bowl. 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 We had to bowl. write up,
0: like, this bowl. six-page psychological study bowl. of, like a, like, a piece of research that we did as a class and I used the. We had to all just use the word participants, and that happened <laughs> at the end of the six pages. We were all like, "I will never use the word participants again."
1: Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Bowl. <laughs> Bowl. Um. So, Erin, what are you doing this weekend? What you got going on? Tomorrow we're doing a
0: cook day, and then t- Sunday we get to plan our
1: Galentine's. We're going to brunch. We made a plan to make a plan.
0: Because <laughs> we're planners. What are you doing? Because we're grown-ups. <laughs> yes. What are you doing uh, with your Saturday?
1: Sunday? Uh, I have a birthday celebration that, hosting, so. <gasps> yeah, so that I'm hosting. Fun. I'm going to make tortillas. Oh, that's that's what I'm making brownies for tonight. I'm making brownies tonight, and then I'm going to make homemade tortillas Ooh. tomorrow because we're doing a taco bar. Ooh. Yeah. Well, fun. It'll be fun. Well, okay. listeners, enjoy your life. Listeners, <laughs> as always,
0: I hope you just shouted what you were doing. Maybe what I do don't understand, do? what understand how people consume. Me. I
1: don't. Yeah. Maybe it's not. It's it's like um, in um, in the Sex and the City reboot when, oh, when Carrie's re- recording a podcast oh, and somebody God. calls, like, like two people like call while she's recording a uh-huh. podcast. Like that's not how it works. Or
0: like the yeah. beginning of that reboot where he dies on his Peloton. I I'm not- <laughs> And the Peloton is for some reason in the bathroom. So he's just laying there
1: next See, to his I, shower. I still don't. I still don't think that the Peloton was in the bathroom.
0: It's too early for a Mandela effect. It happened
1: it's to me like four months ago. <laughs> Ooh, what's your favorite Mandela effect? Gosh, I don't think I know
0: many besides the Berensteins.
1: Oh, the Berenstains? Yeah. And the Berenstains? What's your favorite? Uh, the uh, turkey leg Henry VIII painting. <laughs> Yeah. I can't think of a better. Interesting thing about the Berenstain bears. I actually have a clear memory of it being Berenstain um, when Uh I was little because my mom pointed out to me, like when I was learning to read, she pointed out look, it's spelled A I N, even though we pronounce it Berenstain. interesting you know stain. so i have a very clear memory of that so i must be from this universe everybody else is from a parallel universe (laughs) yeah i definitely am you're from a parallel universe i think so i'd like to go to a parallel universe someday yeah maybe i have and just didn't realize it probably i don't think they let you keep those memories or like it was it was you know a parallel universe where like Everything is exactly the same except for one very small thing, and you just didn't notice that. Oh, that you know? just made me terrified. Because like that's the that's the whole idea of the Mandela effect. Is yeah. That, like, yeah. It's a parallel universe, but just this one tiny detail is different, and most people don't notice, except for like you know like a few people. Yeah. And there. <laughs> yeah. I was on an episode of a podcast. Where we talked about the Mandela Effect. It was uh, the Elvis Lives podcast oh, with Kristen yeah. and Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're just rambling now. Should we end this episode? Yeah, I guess. Okay, friends, have a good wherever you are. Have a where... good one. Yes, and yes, and goodbye. <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> okay, bye.